Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Welcome into the Flex, the most accurate fantasy show with just a bunch of guys living the dream before a stuffed penguin kills one of them. My name is Zach Lyons, and you can follow me on Twitter at FWordsPod. I am joined, as sometimes always, by the soon-to-be victim of a homicidal penguin, Robert Greenlaw. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob on Broadway. And of course, usually, typically, we are both joined by everyone's favorite confused American, Justin Graver. You can follow him on Twitter at Titans Film Room. He is on his way. He is not quite here yet. Uh, apparently, he got caught in a light cycle. Uh, it's something called in L.A. where they just don't ever do left turn signals on their stoplights or something. But apparently, it cycled six times. And light cycle is like uh, photosynthesis, right? He's just yeah, going I'm, through I'm pretty that sure right light, now. Light cycle is what you ride if you're in the game Tron. That is a light. <laughs> we are all brought to you by the world's only national media conglomerate that covers the Tennessee Titans, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Go subscribe today because we have something major dropping soon that is going to be the first of its kind in Na- the Nashville sports market. Coming soon, hopefully this month. Tonight, we are going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., what teams are his best fit for fantasy purposes? And should you be scrambling to trade for him or trade him away? Then we're going to go around the NFL and talk about like six different NFL games and what those fantasy matchups look like. What kind of different themes you could take away from these games. We will end the night with our famous and most accurate part of the show, the sit-start questions and answer section. So please head on over to YouTube or Facebook to submit your questions and watch us there. While there, make sure to share the live stream and also to subscribe to notifications so you can catch up on all of our Broadway videos like Coach's Corner, which is every Thursday, and they break down plays from the previous week live on film. Coach's Corner, always informative, sometimes fun. Greenlaw. Any last words before this penguin kills me? No, yes. not not at the moment. The uh, I would normally you know ask Graver a question, but he's not uh, here. Maybe when he comes in, I'll be able to ask the question. Uh, we'll actually turn to you, Greenlaw. What are you doing with Odell Beckham as a fantasy owner? Are you trading him or keeping him? I'm definitely keeping him at this point. I mean, his value is. I, I won't say it's low because wherever he's going, it's probably a better opportunity than he has right now. But I think it's worth holding on to him for now. Oh, there he is. Well, Tron before we let's we'll, we'll we'll circle back to your question about or your answer about Odell. Justin, Justin Graver, as introduced earlier, we we went ahead and introduced you even though you weren't here. I heard it. Uh, Graver, you recently got your ego somehow inflated even more. With two recent video po- that you posted up on Twitter, on a scale 
from background actor that waits tables to drugged out and naked at an award show, how Hollywood are you right now? I don't think I'm drugged out and naked, but I'm like drunk. I'm drunk at an award show. You're That's drunk at sure. an award show, Hollywood style. Yeah, Love it. Absolutely. So we're, we're I just asked uh, Greenlaw about Odell, and let's go back and circle back. Trading I was watching. for him as an owner, or trading him away, or keeping him as an owner. I'm yeah. definitely targeting Odell Beckham. I mean, go ahead, Greenlaw. <laughs> yeah, thank thank you, Graver. Thank you. It's I was like certainly you don't even back read, just like, in case uh, people didn't or yeah. lost, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if you already gave your answer or not because no, the stream no, no. is delayed on YouTube. So, <laughs> yeah, he was he was watching the stream, but not really. Uh, yeah, I think I heard I you guys talk about light, light cycles and left turns. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for completely derailing the show. Uh, <laughs> He's a guy you gotta you gotta keep at this point. Like I said, you've held on to him, or you have you've had him all this year, and he's done you know next to nothing for you. I think wherever he's going, he's going unless he ends up you know on the Titans, he's gonna be a wide receiver one or two for whatever that team is, and I I think he's gonna be you know a huge asset to whatever offense picks him up. Graver, I mean, is there? Is there any reason that you do not hold on to him? Like, what is the trade package that you have to look for without knowing what team he's going to be on, right? Because, I mean, most people think Green Bay, but if he goes to the Saints, what's the fantasy value? So what? as a fantasy owner for Odell, do you just go ahead and sell him just in case he ends up at the Saints? So, look, if, if you have three guys at receiver that you feel really great about and one of those may be a flex spot, then deal Odell for sure. Go get a running back or a tight end or something that you need. Like maybe if, if someone is trying to buy the upside, but they're willing to pay like a full Odell good player version of him price, then yeah, sell him. But I mean, ultimately I think he's worth, I think he's going to be a decent player on the saints. Like he's the, he, if, if Odell Beckham signs with the saints, he's their only like starting caliber pass catcher. And maybe that means defenses pay him a lot of attention, but like he was the only starting caliber pass catcher in New York for years. And he was a stud and Eli Manning fed him the ball and he took slants to the house and he was an amazing player. And maybe he doesn't have that same amount of athleticism anymore, but he's not that old. He, he might have that in him still. And I think that if he goes to a team like the saints where they just feed him, I tried to trade for him in a league and the guy was not even, listening he was like i want to see what happens so i think you might encounter that a lot if you are trying to trade for him but i think that that is the attitude you should have if you have odell beckham well i mean as of this recording he has yet to make up his damn mind so probably holding out for an offer a little bit more expensive than what green bay's got on the table or hoping that green bay comes to the table with a little bit bigger offer is i i think we may all agree but to me, Green Bay's the best fit for Odell, both fantasy-wise and real-life-wise. Does anybody disagree with that? I mean, are you are you more in tune with Green Bay being the best fantasy landing spot where he may have to share targets with Devontae Adams or he goes somewhere like New Orleans where he's the only target? What is the best for fantasy purposes? I'll start with you, Greenlaw. I think that Green Bay is the best 
you know, fantasy and real life for him uh, being the number two. We've seen guys like uh, MVS or Alan Lazard, you know, have these spot games where they they look really good. But he's definitely the he would definitely be the most talented guy there as you know, out of those secondary options. And I think he'd be way more consistent. I don't think it would be a, a bad fit if he goes to New Orleans. I know people write them off because of Trevor Simeon or whoever, but last year when they didn't have Drew Brees and it was Taysom Hill, they still fed the ball to uh, Michael Thomas when he was in, and he all he was doing, people call him slant boy, even though he's only running slants. That's what Odell run, does best too, is those you know in breaking routes that you know he can turn up field. So I don't. I don't hate that destination uh, if you were to go to the Saints, but I do agree that Green Bay probably is the best best chance of him to succeed at at a high level. What about you, Graver? Where do you where do you land? New England, baby. Really? I mean, Matt Jones is your quarterback. I don't know if that's his best landing for fantasy option, but I said from the beginning that I think that's where he's going to go, and I want to put that on the record. No, I mean Green Bay's would give him absolutely the best like quarterback option, obviously Aaron Rodgers, And that might be what he's going after right now, based on just how things have gone in Cleveland. And obviously we all we've talked about the video his dad posted, but yeah, I mean, green Bay is going to get the best quality of targets. And I think that if you're looking to translate that into fantasy points, then yes, but I still think somebody throws Seattle into the chat here. The thing about Seattle is like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to take a lot of targets and they don't throw the, I mean, Pete Carroll's always wanting to run the ball. They may be letting Russ cook a little bit more now the last couple of years, but still going to be relying on the run game. So I don't know about Seattle from a fantasy perspective. I do think green Bay is the best, but I also agree with everything Greenlaw said about Mike, what the Michael Thomas role sort of in new Orleans. And that, I mean, Michael Thomas was a wide receiver one first round pick for how many, three years or four years of his career because of that. So. See, my thing about the whole Seattle thing is if a a team like Tennessee is out of the question because of the lack of targets, a team like Seattle's should be out of the question for a lack of targets and because they have the worst record and the hardest path to get into the playoffs is the NFC West, right? I mean, I get it, though, from a standpoint of Russell Wilson and OBJ. I'm pretty sure before DK Metcalf existed in Seattle, there were times when OBJ was leaving the Giants. I think the C- Russell Wilson tried to court him or something, tried to, you know, get get him to come there. So I think they have a relationship. But to me, it's Green Bay. I think the interesting thing about adding Odell Beckham is how much does that hurt Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones's value which is nobody's really talking about is it's kind of like the chiefs right it's always been a two-man show it's been aaron jones and Devonte adams in green bay much like travis kelsey and tyreek hill now that you add in someone like this how does that all work together as far as targets so if you're a Devonte adams owner how do you feel about the odell beckham thing i mean is it one of those things where you're like, oh, well, maybe it frees up Devontae Adams or I, I just don't know. I, I almost think that it kind of hurts Devontae Adams' value. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair question to have. I, I did want to circle back to JG, you know, jokingly said New England was the, the best spot for him. But I do think it's, you know, something to note 
that Bill Belichick apparently really wants Odell, and there's a mutual respect there. There's not many players that you know Bill Belichick's going out of his way to go get. And so if they do get him, I do think there's a prominent role there. I beyond Seattle and you know, out of the teams involved, Seattle is by far the worst fantasy fit. The rest of the teams, I would be excited to see him on those teams. Yeah. Agreed. I'm with you. I the think New England thing's a little weird to me because I mean, didn't he just have Cam Newton and that proved to be a whole fiasco? And it doesn't seem like Randy Moss was over well, ten years ago. No, I don't but, know. I mean, like I, I I just find it hard to believe that Bill Belichick is like salivating to get Odell Beckham after just, they just burnt money on fire from Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. That but hey, that's Hunter more Henry's reason, scoring a touchdown a game. He doesn't do anything almost else every week. Yeah. Um, the thing about it, he, Odell fits the, the perfect like MO of what the Patriots try to do in a reclamation project type of player, high talent with like whatever issues on or off the field they're going through. They, New England's always targeted players like that. And I think that Odell, I mean, I think personally Odell is still a great player who is stuck in a place where he doesn't have the motivation to be his best self in New England, in that culture with Bill Belichick. Even with Mac Jones throwing the ball, I mean, I'm into it. I would be into it. Again, he'd be the best receiver they have by far immediately the moment he walks into the door. Whoa. More than Jacoby Myers? They probably have <laughs> the same Kendrick amount of Bourne. touchdowns this year. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with the law firm Jacoby and Myers? It's a Los Angeles-based law firm. There's billboards I'm very all familiar. Day. I know all the law firms in Los Angeles. Anyway. It's just, it's um, Jacoby and Myers. It's pretty funny. Before we get into the big, uh, all the games that we're going to talk about today, don't forget, start, start and sit questions need to be dropped into the chat via YouTube or Facebook. Drop your fantasy football questions in chat, and we'll answer them towards the end of the show. We're going to start our round the NFL fantasy game landscape. And we're going to start with the Ravens at Dolphins. Greenlaw is going to talk about some awesome individual matchups. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, especially on the Ravens, that I love in this game. Lamar has a you know very solid matchup against a uh, Dolphins defense that's giving up the uh, six most points, fantasy points to quarterback. Uh, Freeman, He's been catching the ball quite a bit lately and having some success on the ground. He gets the middle of the pack uh, rush defense, so I think he's worth a flex spot here. Uh, Marquise Brown, they're the third worst. The Finns are the third worst team in football against uh, wide receivers. So I think this is a matchup where you can definitely start him as a wide receiver too. Rashad Bateman, I'm I want to wait a week until I you know start him in any sort of game. But if you are desperate, maybe he's worth a flex spot. Um, and then on the other side, or at tight end, both tight ends are very startable, I think. Mike uh, Mark Andrews has uh, this middle-of-the-pack tight end matchup, but they've gone to him a lot in the passing game. And then Gusecki, the, the Ravens are the, the second-worst team against tight ends. And really, he's the only pass catcher I would start on the Dolphins. I think if you have Tua and he's starting on Thursday, you can play him, but I wouldn't start uh, Jacoby Brissett. But if you are if you need a streamer, I would start Tua if he if he plays on tomorrow night. So let me ask you this kind of a question then. When you're looking at Ravens and Dolphins, you saw the fullback 
you kind of saw Lamar struggle a little bit about with Minnesota with the deep passes still and all that kind of stuff. And he's going up against Xavier Rhodes and Byron Jones uh, this week and at a okay Dolphins defense. I mean, other outside of those two, it's kind of okay. Do you think it's a big game for Devontae Freeman or in the run game like it always is? Or is there, what's the benefit in the passing game that you see that Lamar can exploit to maybe take that step? I, you know, they're, they're I, giving. I, they're giving up so they do have those two great corners, like undisputably great corners, but they are giving up so many points per game in the in the passing game to wide receivers, third most among all the teams in the league. I do think there's some opportunity there for Marquise. Marquise has had, I think, one bad game all year. Every other game he has been uh near wide receiver one, certainly wide receiver two territory. Uh I think he's a almost a must start every single week. Even last week when they looked dead in the water he ended up having over 100 yards and i think nine catches or something like that he he is seemingly matchup proof at this point so with a plus matchup on a thursday night i think he's absolutely uh getting in the start for me and freeman freeman i don't buy in 100 percent on at this point he's getting touchdowns he, does, I, he pisses yeah, me he's off. getting touchdowns he's getting <laughs> targets so uh, he looks he, he looks, looks explosive fun. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know if he looks explosive. Like he doesn't look like, like Adrian I think, Peterson. Oh, I think yeah. Adrian Peterson looks better than Devontae Freeman. <laughs> yeah, I think Devontae Freeman has the benefit of a better offensive line for run blocking. Oh wow! Whoa, I don't okay. think that. Tell that to Rogers Ben Jones. Well, you know they sucked about how much the game. But I mean, the, with running, Freeman, I think I I'm just think playing him until until he sucks. Really, that's what I'm doing until he breaks. Until he breaks. Yeah, He's no Latavius Curry again this week, it sounds like, so it's going to be him yeah. and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah Le'Veon Bell um, looks, looks pretty bad. It doesn't look good. I have a question for you, Greenlaw. You said you would, you would play Tua as a streamer. So just like mm -hmm. other streaming options out there, would you play him over Carson Wentz against Jacksonville? Probably not. Yeah, Even after what so. you saw with Jacksonville? That was a one game. I, I think I agree with you. I mean, yeah. I, I think I agree. I, but I think I'd start – or start Wentz. Would you start Matt Ryan at Dallas? Matt Ryan, I think I'm starting every week as a streamer option at this point. He's playing really good football at the moment. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. We'll be talking about Matt Ryan later. We will. I will. Kirk, Kirk Cousins at the Chargers. I would start Tua, I think. I'm not wow. Kirk has been really, really poor recently. Tannehill versus New Orleans. I think Tannehill. Yeah. But, but like Taylor so Tua is pretty low. Yeah. But like Taylor yeah. Heineke, I'm starting Tua over him. I'm talking from experience. One of my teams, I have like the worst quarterback situation in the world. Like I married myself to Trey Lance in way too many leagues. And so he's sitting on my bench. And, you know, if the starter didn't work out or is on a buy, I'm, you know, looking for options. And quite a few teams have two or three quarterbacks. And so he's best available. And I think I would take him and probably not complain too much when he's compared to like Terod Taylor or who or Heineke or someone like that. You wouldn't Damn complain. It. Your, your face froze 
and you looked like fucking Popeye. And I wish I would have gotten to my uh, screenshot because it was great. We'll have to clip it off. We'll have to clip it off. I'll clip it. Perfect. Yeah, it was it was very good. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next game. And the next game is moi. And that is Tampa Bay at Washington football team. And I'm going to, look, I'm a little hurt today because this is a really tough topic to have to talk about. Because this is one of those games where you normally just start everyone that's playing. But I, I, I really can't in good conscience tell you that Antonio Gibson is a must start. It breaks my heart. It tears my soul asunder to let you know that, in fact, you should probably bench Gibson this week if given the opportunity. I recognize a lot of you can't do that. And I feel that it's this podcast's fault that you can't. <laughs> because... If you have the option to send him, you should do it. But you probably can't because you listened to us. We told you that you should go all in on Antonio Gibson. However, I think the game script is just going to favor, unfortunately, that loser ass face, J.D. McKissick, while Tampa Bay's pass defense has more holes in it than a Dalvin Cook case, their run defense is the same bully it's always been. Gibson was limited in practice, and while his shin may have healed up over the bye week to like a nice level where his usage could be a little bit more, this team just hates success. It's insane to think a year ago that Riverboat Ron had this team close to beating Tampa in the playoffs, and over the offseason, they supposedly improve, and somehow they get way worse, and specifically on their defensive side of the ball. And they talked all summer. All summer about how awesome Antonio Gibson was and the improvement in the pass defense and his two-minute drills and pass blocking and all this stuff. And then we're like, ooh, there's a chill in the air. So that <laughs> as the leaves turn red and the sun sets a little earlier, let's forget those summer dreams and get back to a dream-shattering reality of us being an awful football team. I do not think that is in your best situation to start Antonio Gibson this week. Yep. And that's, I agree with that's, you. And that's coming from someone who is going to be starting him in a couple leagues because I have yeah, no have other to. options. <laughs> I'm with I you. I, with ha you I have at least one league where I have to start him. Yeah. Against the Bucks, they're one start... of the best in the NFL against the run too. And they're literally yeah. only using him as a runner. It's not like there's any upside as a pass catcher here. The only hope is that you just like cross your fingers and pray that over the bye week they were like, "Why don't we pass to Antonio more or something?" <laughs> he played and, like, wide receiver once, with... right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so. it, it, I mean, it's kind of crazy that this happened, but I do expect that Terry McLaurin will be more involved. I think, I think I do agree that I would start two over Tyler Hineke, but. If you got to keep an eye also on Chris Godwin because Chris Godwin is not practicing so far and Antonio Brown is already not ready. This could be a depleted Tampa Bay offensive, you know, whatever uh, weapon. And yeah. if it is, maybe Antonio Gibson, like if the more Tampa Bay offensive skill players that are out, maybe Antonio Gibson's stock goes up. But let me ask you guys this. Would you rather start Antonio Gibson or Devontae Freeman? Get I think Gibson. Freeman. Gibson? I think Freeman, honestly. 
Yeah, see, I oh, lean wow. Freeman because he's almost guaranteed to have a touchdown in a Ravens offense. Yep. I will bet you that Freeman, he will. It's the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's the matchup, too. So you, yeah. you bring up a good point, though, with the uh, Tampa Bay offense. It's really going to be Mike Evans, probably, and then a bunch of other people. But they added your favorite, Darren Fells, uh, today. They added uh, – or they have Tyler Johnson, who they like a lot. They have Scotty Miller, who they like a lot. This is an offense we- that can still function even without, you know – two of their top three wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see if the the coaching staff got this team prepared to play the rest of this this league year because so far, Riverboat Ron goes from this, this guy who's being revered by a lot of talking football heads, and rightfully so, he did a great job last year, to now being on the hot seat pretty quick. And, you know, I... I just am so curious what, to me, it's a very underrated storyline, not only because, you know, you obviously have this shit hanging over his head from the investigations and all this stuff, but you're talking about a team that was probably the favorite for the NFC East, maybe between them and Dallas here and there, because they seem to have improved. And now you're talking about having to redo this whole thing. It's it's crazy. You're talking about yeah, like a probably top seven pick, maybe higher than that. You're talking about having to find a new quarterback, which typically means you know new coaching staff, uh, and in one of the worst draft classes, you know, in recent history for for quarterbacks. Like this is could be as bad as like the Geno Smith draft class for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting. So we're gonna head to you. Graver, and you want to talk about the Lions and Steelers fantasy focus, Najee Harris. Ooh, I like that. Najee Harris is a stud. Look, this is the guy who was going in the second round preseason. I was like, draft this guy in the first round. I'm telling you, this is an RB1 candidate. He's going to be drafted in the first round of fantasy drafts for the rest of his career until he gets really old. I think we're at, I think we're seeing that come to fruition here. He has been the RB4 over the pat over this season right now in PPR leagues. And it's not just the fact that he's scoring a, a, a lot of points. It's that he's scoring points consistently. He's consistently finishing with double digit fantasy points. He's not having down weeks. Ben Roethlisberger loves to just dump it off because he can't throw deep. We saw him try to throw deep on Monday night and it was disgusting. And, now Chase Claypool's dealing with an injury. It doesn't look like he's going to miss too much time, but he might miss Sunday's game against the Lions, who, I mean, I can't say anything nice about the Lions, so I'm just not going to say anything because the defense... They got Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I was going to say they have a newly minted Josh Reynolds, reunited with reunited Jared Goff. With, with Jared and, Goff, I'm sure. and, and Khalif Raymond. Yeah, well, he that's not a reunion, but it is joining, um, and... I think that, you know, you can start basically all the Steelers skill players with confidence now that they're missing Claypool. Pat Fryermuth is a legit tight end. Got to mention him. He is he is tight end three over the last four weeks, and he had his bye in that span. So he's only played three games. He has, he's, four, he's third in total points. Every time they're ends. in the red zone, they're targeting him. It's unbelievable. He's their... He's their absolute best red zone weapon. And with Claypool out, he might be their best receiving weapon. But Deontay Johnson is also, I think, a must start against this Lions team. It's just going to be a big, 
day for the Steelers. Would you start Ben Roethlisberger against this defense over Tua? Yeah, I, I would. I don't know if I would. I legitimately feel sick every time I watch Ben Roethlisberger play. <laughs> he, yeah, is, he is one of the true. worst quarterbacks to watch play in the NFL. I mean, it is yeah. unbelievably bad. I feel like every time he gets hit or, get, or falls to the ground, it looks so like painful. It's like watching your grandpa <laughs> fall over. And he'll tell you about it, too. He'll tell you how painful it was, how many broken bones he had. You know, he's the worst. I would never start him. Oh, he's he sucks. And I you see him on these commercials doing the salute to service thing, and it's like, can we get someone else, please, to do this? Literally anyone else. So let me ask you this. The any concern that Najee Harris and and I don't have this concern because I've watched him play at Alabama. I know he can handle it. But any concern about the workload for Najee Harris, Peter, and him kind of hitting a Mike Davis-esque wall, you know, like uh, he Mike did last year? I don't think so. I think Najee is he's a big guy. He looks to be in great shape. I think he can handle the workload, and the Steelers are counting on him too, so he's going to keep getting the volume, and that's like the most, the most valuable thing you can have in a fantasy asset. So that's why you should trade him away. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know... Him being an RB1 is really no surprise, but if you're a Najee Harris owner, Greenlaw, would you be looking to trade him or just hold on to him? Uh, keeper versus redraft. If I can, so keeper, I'm I'm keeping him. Uh, redraft, I'm definitely trying. If I can get a, like a Daryl Henderson or something like that, plus a wide receiver, I think I'm going to explore that. Um He's been really consistent, but if I have holes on my roster, like multiple holes, I'm going to try to fix it with just trading him. Gotcha. So I traded him, full disclosure to the people. I traded him and Josh Allen for Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Brown, and Leonard Fournette. And I feel like I have an insane group of wide receivers now and a serviceable group of running backs and still a top quarterback, so I feel fine about that trade. I think my roster improved getting A.J. Brown. I had Julio Jones in at my flex position. It's like... AJ Brown's gonna outproduce Julio Jones. So yeah, and you might as well just what, drop Julio, I feel like. It's getting close to that. I think the points you lost from Najee to uh who is the running back you got? Najee to, yeah, Najee to Fournette, which I think is probably more negligible than you would think right off the bat. Agreed. But I think the points you lost there, you're gaining in the consistency of Rogers week to week over Allen. And I think you're more than gaining that you know, over getting A.J. Brown and slotting him in over Julio. I think A.J. Brown, again, I'm still all in on him despite what happened on Sunday night. I think he's very close to uh, the top five wide receivers the rest of the way. 11 targets in that game, and yeah. it might be in one more rough outing against New Orleans, but after that, it's like the defenses they face yep. after that are just well, so bad. I also bad, feel so. like an 11-target game and having that stat line at the end of it is the outlier for A.J. Brown. Like, yeah, I agreed. feel like yeah, when he usually gets 11 targets, he's having an ex- bang-up wide yeah. receiver one kind of day. So that was the a pure outlier for everything, and it's probably because they just don't have really good chicken burritos over in California, I would assume. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they. Well, they're not. I mean, they're actually the Mexican food in California is pretty. Yeah, you, you gotta get chicken tacos. I actually heard the burritos were terrible in SoFi Stadium. I just oh, the food out. in SoFi Stadium is not good. My dad got nachos for us to like share, and after like an hour, when the cheese was cold, like what is what happens to cheese when it gets cold? It gets it solidifies. Yeah, this cheese was liquid cold, and I was like, <laughs> what <laughs> substance is this made out of? Because it's not. And it cheese. was. And it was still liquid cold when it came out of your butt. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We're going to head now to an AFC East matchup. Bills at Jets. Greenlaw wants to talk about the Jets youth resurgence with Mike White and Elijah Moore and the Bills run game. Yeah. Who knew that the Jets would be kind of fun to watch? I found myself last Thursday really excited about the game until, you know, Mike White got injured. And yeah. even so, Josh Johnson came in and played really well, too. It it appears that Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback that they have on that roster. But <laughs> the encouraging thing was, uh, one, Mike White played really well in the 11 attempts he had. I think he had almost 10 fantasy points in the, in those snaps, and he's getting the start again this week. But Elijah Moore, we talked about him all offseason. We love him. Last three games, over 10 fantasy points each game in PPR. Last game, he had two touchdowns. He looks like he's connecting with uh, Mike White. Hasn't had less than six targets in the last three games since the bye. I think he's a every week flex play at this point. He looks really, really good. It, everything that you know we talked about going into the draft, he looks like he is he is that guy, and uh, it, he's possibly on your waiver wire. I'd certainly pick him up. I picked him up in a couple leagues this week, and if you can trade for him. I think that you can probably give up very little in return. Like if you could give up, say, Jacoby Myers for him, I would definitely be doing that, you know, especially if Odell ends up in uh, New England. Uh, right. I'd definitely make that trade. And then on the Bills side of things, I think this is a, a really good game for, you know, Zach Moss. He had a, he had quite a few targets last oh, week. Don't the tell Jets me that. Yeah, don't tell me that because then I'm gonna have to start Zach Moss. And I know, don't start Zach, Zach Moss. Don't don't start Zach Moss. But the Jets are so bad against the run, against literally start everybody. They're single, the worst. It's a singletary. Uh, it's a singletary singularity kind of game. Has it ever folks. been that this year? Has it ever been a single? The force field is coming down. It's coming down this week. <laughs> I don't believe that. I whatever. If you want to listen to JG. At least it's a good matchup for Singletary. And uh, it could be a good get-right game for Josh Allen, although he hasn't been great against, you know, okay pass defenses, which the Jets have been good against uh, passing games, whether it's quarterbacks or, or wide receivers. They've been good against them uh, in terms of fantasy points. So could be a bounce-back game. You're certainly not benching Josh Allen, but uh, I would be a little bit wary. And – if I can trade Josh Allen, he's been the most up and down of the quarterbacks like JG just did for Aaron Rodgers. I think I'm going to trade him for a more consistent player. Let me ask you this, Mike White or Tua? Uh, I think they're really similar. I, if the matchup was better for Mike White, I would go Mike White, but it, the Bills' pass defense is the best in the league. So if you think the Bills' pass defense is best in the league, is then I'll I'll pass this off to you, JG, for for a little question. Bills pass defense one of the best in the league. Greenlaw said Elijah Moore is a f must start in the flex every week. 
do you believe that too? I mean, do you think that Elijah Moore is still that guy? Um, if Mike White is doesn't get hurt in the middle of this game, yeah, I think so. I mean, Mike White is a competent enough quarterback, and Elijah Moore is a great receiver. And you've seen we've seen the production over the last few weeks. So, end zone targets, deep down the field targets, work all all around the field, screen game, everything. So they're feeding him. Yeah, and you can you know he can still produce even though. He might they might not give any points up to anyone else. I mean, Dan Arnold had a solid like a tight end one solid game against the the Bills last week, and they didn't, you know, they didn't give up many points outside of that. Yeah, so we're gonna go to the next game. It's gonna be Vikings at Chargers, and I'm gonna talk, tell you who will be the wide receiver one. But first, with the Dalvin Cook situation, I'd be pretty shocked if the team that allows their diseased quarterback to parade around without a mask doesn't start Dalvin Cook on Sunday unless the league actually steps in and says it themselves, which I heard today that they technically probably won't because it's technically a civil case. So unless the league steps in and says they can't, you know, start Cook, fire up Cook, but make no bones about it. You better be trading him or making a play for Alexander Madison because this is going to get really, really bad. Here's the thing, though. This should be the NFL's high-scoring game. I think the Chargers will finally get back on track this week. Specifically, though, Mike Williams, and Mike Williams will be the highest-scoring wide receiver in this game. And he is a must-start this week. Mike Williams has been a major disappointment over the last three weeks after getting off to a hot start. But he dwarfs physically every person in their secondary except Cam Dantzler, who's battling issues with his ankles. I think this is the Mike Williams comeback game for sure. Look, I I get it. He's finished wide receiver 73, wide receiver 79, and wide receiver 46 over the last three weeks. And he's fully healthy doing that. And he's on the field almost all the time, and he's still doing that. But the Chargers are a pass-happy team. He still averages 8.3 targets per game. But disclaimer, over the last three weeks, he's actually been only targeted five times each game. However, I think he's going to get a 10 to 12 target game. This is the week that you need to fire him up. And I'm telling you, he's going to be a wide receiver one this week versus Minnesota. I was not I was, the number one wide receiver out of all wide receivers, just a wide receiver one performance. Right. Right. I was selling him on our last show. And I think that, I don't know, I'm wary of it. I don't like it. I think it's this is a good matchup, but the next two are really bad. In fact, I think that if your if your trade deadline extends after this week, you'll be rewarded with a really big Mike Williams game, and you'll be able to trade him off before he heads off to some really bad matchups down the road. Good That's call. what I would be doing if I had him. I think this is ballsy. Uh, I don't know if I agree. I think that you know both Vikings wide receivers have a very good shot of being you know, the wide receiver won in this game, but if they want to, if the chargers want to get back to the, their winning ways, they were winning more when they were targeting Mike Williams more. True. Yeah. That, that was the thing is that Mike Williams was, was getting, we're talking not just double digit points, like 10 and 11, he was getting 22, 30 something points for a while there. And they were winning. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, Let's switch it up. And I get it. I mean, the the head coach, Brandon Staley, 
he says some really awesome things in a press conference, but this is some rookie head coach kind of bullshit that doesn't really need to be happening when your team's on a roll where you just say, Hey, we're just not going to target Mike Williams anymore. I, I don't watch enough chargers games to say that maybe it's a matchup issue. Maybe he's just not open, but when you're talking about a fully healthy Mike Williams, cause his only big issue his whole career has been his health. When he's healthy, he gets open. He's a big target. He's a red zone target. I do not understand what has happened over these last three weeks that they're just giving him five targets uh, per game. It's just crazy. Yeah. Keenan Allen might be uh, the guy. Austin Eckler is involved a lot. See, I think Patrick Peterson is going to be on Keenan Allen, and Patrick Peterson is going to do a good job of keeping things in front of him. I, I, I truly think that Mike Williams is going to have the matchup to exploit in this whole game. Yeah. Start him up. Fire him up. JG, you're, before we get into our final sit-start questions, which, remember, drop your fantasy questions in the chat, either on YouTube or Facebook. We're going to go to our last game here. JG, talk to us about the Falcons at Cowboys and the Dirty Birds aerial attack. So, first of all, I, I want to talk a lot about the Dirty Birds aerial attack, but I also want to talk about the Cowboys being a huge bounce back candidate this week, because I know the Falcons got up to a huge lead. It was like 24, six against the saints, but then they let the saints come back and score like, what was it? 19 points in uh, 10 minutes or something like that. So obviously the defense is not fixed. I don't think yet in Atlanta. So start your Cowboys with confidence. You probably have to anyway, but the other elements of this offense, Cordero Patterson, specifically Cordero Patterson this guy is going to be a league winner. I've been saying it for weeks. He's unbelievable. He actually looked like a wide receiver last week, which is, I mean, he's been obviously he's listed at running back. You can play him at running back in fantasy. You start him as a running back, but he was like lining up outside, running go routes down the sideline, like low percentage plays and just going up and mossing these saints defenders. Um, I, I think that Trayvon Diggs. He plays great football. He makes big plays, but he's also susceptible to getting beat. So I'm all in on Cordero Patterson. But also, we mentioned earlier, we teased it earlier, Matt Ryan at quarterback has been a fantasy. I mean, he's a quarterback one right now in fantasy. I think we need to start treating him that way. Mina Kimes tweeted this earlier. Hat tip to Zach for passing this tweet on to me. Over the last five weeks, Matt Ryan, first in QBR, second in completion percentage over expectation, third and first down rate. Those aren't fantasy stats. They're just real life football stats, but that's how good a football he's playing at quarterback right now. Arthur Smith, we saw how well he got Ryan Tannehill playing. It took six or seven weeks for the Titans offense to get going that year. Also a quarterback switch, of course, but it looks like their offense is putting it together. They're figuring things out. Art Smith is in a groove right now with Matt Ryan. I'm all in on this Atlanta offense. I think the Cowboys defense we just saw, I mean, did you see this quote that uh, I can't, I don't know if it was a quote or a report or what, that the Broncos went into the Cowboys game with no real game plan. They had a, a few scripted plays at the beginning and then they were just going to keep doing whatever was working. And the Cowboys couldn't stop them. That's the Pat Shermer way. And the what? Cowboys defense that we thought was like really good all of a sudden got beat up by a Broncos offense that has struggled all year in Dallas. Dan Quinn spent a lot of time in Atlanta. There's people in that building, not Arthur Smith, but there's some people in that building and still players in the team who, who will know 
some of Dan Quinn's tendencies. Now the defensive coordinator in Dallas. So I think Atlanta and Art Smith is going to be able to come up with a nice attack here. So watch out. I mean, as much as I think Dallas's offense is going to bounce back this week, I'm not like picking them in any pick them leagues. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about Dallas here for a second, because this is a big, was a big CD lamb podcast. And I believe JG said Zeke's bounce back year and comeback was going to be this year. And, they kind of suck. I mean, for where you everybody drafted them at. I mean, do you Zeke's want to walk RB10 in? right now? Zeke is RB10 right now. And what were CD I, at? CD has been a Zeke. disappointment. I've been pleased with Zeke outside of a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, right, uh, he's had CD's some down weeks. CD's wide receiver 17 right now, which isn't. Yeah. I mean, he's yep. had you drafted the him problem, to be a wide receiver one, though. The problem is that he's had so too many dud weeks. Like he's wide receiver mm -hmm. seventeen because he's had a couple of huge games, not because he's given you consistent points. Right. But there's yeah, and so Michael Gallup is coming back this week too, so there Before could be less targets to go around. Yeah, that's true. Before we get farther away from it, I do want to say you did an amazing Jerry Seinfeld impression at the beginning of your <laughs> rant. You said uh, Cordero Patterson is going to be a league winner, and you sounded exactly like Jerry. So we should probably clip that and use it later. It was uncanny. Copy that. I can probably muster that again. I, I cannot stand it. Going back to that, though, I can't stand Cordero Patterson because I literally looked at him on the waiver wire in week one and thought, no chance this is going to be consistent. And I honestly, it pisses me off every single week. Last week, he had six targets. He caught all of them for over 100 yards uh, receiving. Just unbelievable. Yeah. The catch yeah, it, with like 40 seconds left was amazing yeah. <laughs> down the sideline. Yeah. It's it was so ridiculous because I, I watched that game, you know, because of red zone and it was so ridiculous to see really Art Smith is doing more with less than what he did than what he should be. Right. I mean, because this is technically, yeah, this is a lot of the Tennessee offense that you saw is why I was trying to buy shares of Atlanta at the beginning of the year and it just never worked out that way. But you're seeing Art Smith do a lot with very little weapons. I mean, I get Kyle Pitts is, is pretty good. I mean, people love to inflate his ego and, you know, bow at the, the altar of Pitts. But really, the stuff that he does is the stuff that other wide receivers do. At this point, he's not a tight end. Like, in, yeah, in my mind, he's, he's a wide receiver. Especially yeah, with Ridley. And Gisecki are very similar in that yeah, regard. Yeah. Like they both operate as wide receivers in their offense. Pitts could have had a monster game. The first play of the game, he dropped a what could have turned into Easy. a touchdown. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, I can't I can't believe he dropped it, but he could have had a huge game. I think he had like nine PPR points, and that you know that would have put him possibly at like fifteen or something like that. It yeah, was, or more. So he's having quite a bit of opportunity in this offense. And like you said, he is doing more with less. I mean, Patterson and Davis are worse than anything he had in Tennessee. And he's, he's killing it with Patterson, the wide receivers. Yeah. He's literally just got pits 
as as a receiving option and no one else Tajay Sharp. off the team yeah he's got Zacchaeus and all you know Russell Gage who had the worst hurdle attempt in history on Sunday oh that was the best the people, play of the weekend he's doing like this with these random players and they're wide open like Zacchaeus had a wide open touchdown in the red zone on Sunday and you know he he's making it work I don't know if you can start any of those guys in fantasy maybe Gage while uh Ridley's out, but Ridley's away. Yeah, these uh, these guys are a bunch of no names, and they're scoring quite a few points. Just real quick, Ridley is supposed to be back in maybe a couple of weeks. Are you trying to trade for Ridley? Anybody? I mean, are you interested in trading for Ridley? I have him in a uh, keeper league, and the only reason why he's still on my roster is because I can keep him next year for a pretty low pick. Gotcha. JG trade. I. I have him in a league and I regret drafting him. <laughs> I hope he gets well. Best wishes to his mental well-being, but I uh, don't want him. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting into the question answer segment. So if you have questions that you want to ask your sister questions, make sure you're on Facebook or YouTube and ask them. We're going to start with our first one, Russell Wilson. So Seattle and green Bay or Ryan Tannehill Titans versus saints. We'll start with you, uh, Graver. I I think I'm going with mm, Russell Wilson in this matchup against... I mean, the Packers defense is good, too, but I want to see what this Titans offensive line can do against a, a pretty stout defense and a pretty stout front in New Orleans. Last week, the Titans... Ryan Tannehill averaged 3.7 yards. His average depth of target was 3.7 yards. Titans did not want to throw it downfield at all because they couldn't pass protect against that front that the Los Angeles had. Also, they have a great secondary over there. The interception he threw was just ridiculously stupid. And uh, I'm worried that you're going to see some stuff like that again against the Saints. A lot of screens that they're going to read immediately. It's a slog on offense. I think the Titans are are capable of winning this game, obviously, no doubt. But I think that it's not going to be because they have an explosive game on offense. I just don't think... Unless the offensive line, unless Taylor Lewan and Nate Davis come back and look great, like, I don't know. I feel like you're going to see another slog there. So I'm thinking Russell Wilson posted the hype video. The corniest man in the league is going to go out and have a great game against. I also think Aaron Rodgers will be back by Sunday. So I think it's going to be a good showdown game. Yeah, I think I lean Russell Wilson as well. I think that you. You just don't know what this Tennessee offense is going to do week to week. I know that they're scoring uh, high points per game, but I have a hard time having faith in this until you know that Taylor Lewan and Kendall Lamb are actually starting. You won't know that till like 10 minutes before the game or maybe until the game actually starts. You, you cannot play anybody with Bobby Hart on this offensive line. Do you disagree? Are you Russell Wilson or Ryan Tannehill, Greenlaw? I'm a Russell Wilson. I think you guys have both brought up great points, but I think also just keeping up with the other team, Ryan Tannehill is not going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill or whoever's starting on the Saints, especially if Alvin Kamara is out, whereas Russell Wilson is going to have to throw the ball a ton to keep up with Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense. So just a volume thing, that offense runs through Russell Wilson, and I think they're going to have to you know, play catch-up. All right, next question is also from Stoney. 
Um, that would be, should I stick with the Raiders defensive special teams against the Chiefs, or should I pick up, and I think he just really asked this because I, he knows I'm going to have to say it, should I pick up the grand old stoppery against the Saints? I don't even know what the grand old stoppery is. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Agreed. Unless he's talking about the Tennessee Tickle Monsters, and then I would say probably pick up the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, despite the turnover trouble they've had this year, and despite scoring what thirteen points against Green Bay, they're still. Can you like comfortably start a defense against the Chiefs? Come on, probably not the Raiders' no. defense. Like I yeah. feel like if it was a different one, it would be different. But I. Th- think I would go Tennessee Titans against the Saints because this team is playing at a high level and the offense is not the the offense is not the scary part of the New Orleans Saints team and right. our defense of the Tennessee Titans will match up so I think I go Tennessee Titans I think there's a decent chance Titans defense scores a touchdown again yeah I mean mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon is not good if Alvin Kamara doesn't play like Trevor Simeon's going to take at least five sacks. And just remember who's playing on defense is Jack Rabbit, who has spent many years over in New Orleans and knows Revenge this offensive game. system. So to me, I feel like this there is going to be a good opportunity, like you said, for a lot of defensive turnovers for the Tennessee Titans. Especially if Christian Fulton returns. Yep. Yes. And uh, uh, Jerome Boger is the official, and he hates offense. So it's just you know yeah. perfect storm for you to start the the titans defense against the saints all right but i think a good rule of thumb is never to start a defense against the chiefs yeah i I agree with you uh (laughs) last question unless another one comes in this comes from ghost viking on youtube start jd mckissick marquez calloway or adrian peterson half point ppr uh you should cut you should cut marquez calloway um it's time yeah, it's beyond time. Uh, for G- I would start JD McKissick as well. Mary, we, we don't know how the uh, <laughs> we don't know how Fuck the Adrian Peterson backfield is gonna Marcus go out. You know, you ha- for Adrian Peterson, who this would also be a revenge game for because he used to play for the New Orleans Saints. I almost want to go Adrian Peterson, but I want to give it one more week before I start saying that Adrian Peterson is a guy you can comfortably start. I think he eventually will be a fantasy starter that you can start here and on the flex, you know, some point, but I'm going JD McKissick as well. So I think JD McKissick is the way to go. Yeah. You can only start one. So it's, I think it's easily McKissick, but yeah, for yeah, the, definitely the Titans run game, Foreman just changed his number to seven, which is, you know, a, quite the power move. He looked the best on Sunday night. Who's to say that he won't run away with this backfield? He's mini Henry anyway. Okay. I mean, he went one, uh, he went one number above uh, Adrian Peterson. What a, what a, yeah, what a that's alpha a power move right there. Price yeah. has some, him some for sure. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all your questions. Appreciate you tuning in to us. Please make sure to turn on your notifications for YouTube and for Facebook until the video situation with Restream and Twitter and StreamYard is all solved because we want your questions. We want your participation. If you're listening to this on the radio, please, please 
come interact with us. We're here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Then go buy our merchandise over at broadwaysportsmedia.com and use promo code FLEX15. That is promo code FLEX15 to get 15% off. Thank you, as always, for listening. On behalf of Robert Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway, on behalf of Justin Graver at Titans Film Room, and brought to you by Broadway Sports Media at Broadway TN, my name is Zach Lyons, and we just flex on you. A Broadway Sports Media production. Football fans, are you a through-and-through fan of the two-tone blue? Do you enjoy keeping up with the Titans and everything going on around the team? Hey, I'm Easton Freeze, writer and broadcaster covering all things Tennessee Titans and the NFL. And I've got a brand new show that is going to be your new go-to podcast. Following the action on Sundays is fun and easy, but so much happens during the busy work week that you're missing. That's why I'm hosting The Titans 10, twice a week, a quick-hitting show where we run down all the news and information surrounding the Tennessee Titans in around just 10 minutes. We're recapping last week's game, looking ahead to this week's game, talking injury news, roster moves, and listening in on the best sound bites from coaches and players during the week. Join me, Easton Freeze, on the Titans 10 every Tuesday and Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central to stay informed and up to date on everything Titans. Subscribe to the Titans 10 podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Follow the show at the Titans 10 BSM and me at Easton Freeze on Twitter to get updates and interact with the show. I can't wait to see you there.